1: Welcome to the Bloomberg Law Podcast, I'm June Grosso. Every day we bring you insight and analysis into the most important legal news of the day. You can find more episodes of the Bloomberg Law Podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. A federal judge has ruled that President Trump cannot end the DACA program that shields young undocumented immigrants from deportation. Hundreds of thousands of children facing deportation won a court order temporarily blocking the Trump administration's decision to end the so-called dream program in march president trump tweeted that the decision shows quote how broken and unfair our court system is joining me is david beer immigration policy analyst at the cato institute david what did the judge base his decision on
2: well ultimately it was a question of whether or not the legal reasoning uh... presented by the administration uh, was believed by this judge and and they and the judge said that uh, ultimately their determination that DACA was an illegal executive action was without a legal basis or was false. And so then ultimately the question became whether or not While the judge is listening to the arguments in the case, before he makes a final decision, uh, whether or not uh, the administration could shut down DACA completely during uh, the case. And uh, the judge ruled that uh, they could not.
1: The judge quoted directly from a Trump tweet which was, does anybody really want to throw out good, educated, and accomplished young men who have jobs, some serving in the military? How did he use that tweet?
2: Well, really the point of uh, quoting the president there was one of the components of issuing an injunction against, uh, uh, you know, an action taken by the president or the administration um, is whether or not it's in the public interest to have an injunction imposed during the the case as it as it proceeds through the courts, and uh, the the judge cited this tweet this tweet by uh, the president to show that uh, even the president thinks uh, keeping these um, uh, protections in place is something that's in the national interest, even if he uh, you know thinks that Congress should have uh, authorized it.
1: Looking at this politically. Does this take the pressure off Republicans and Democrats to find a political solution to the DACA problem?
2: Well, I think it does present another uh, uh, argument for people who... That there's not a lot of urgency. They, you know, they can debate this until March, uh, when the uh, protections under DACA were supposed to expire. Uh, before this uh, recent uh, ruling, and um, really, you know, the the likelihood of getting a deal um, in time for the uh, January 19th deadline is. Um, is going down by the day. Every day that passes without a deal makes it more unlikely that there will be a deal, and this uh, just adds another reason uh, for negotiators to kick the can down the road.
1: So the Justice Department has already fought all the way to the Supreme Court to win a reprieve from an earlier order by the judge to disclose records explaining why it chose to end the program. Is it likely to appeal this or is it going to leave it to the political process?
2: Well, the Department of Justice um, indicated that they probably would. Appeal, but haven't said so directly. And the White House strangely did not mention, um, you know, their intentions on whether or not they're going to appeal or not. So maybe there's some internal uh, debate going on within the administration about whether or not um, it's a good idea to appeal or whether they could, you know, uh, uh, you know, pin not getting rid of DACA on this uh, on this judge's decision. Um, so we'll have to see what the ultimate determination is, but uh, no, no decision has been made at this time.
1: Do you think it would be smart to appeal to the Supreme Court, or better to let the process unfold at the trial court level?
2: Well, it would be smart if you're looking to get rid of the program as quickly as possible, um, because uh, you know it seems pretty likely that the Supreme Court would not um, go along um uh with this decision uh, it's more conservative leaning and uh you know the the decision um, is one in which uh a lot of people were surprised uh by uh, political comment or uh, legal commentators uh on both sides of the aisle were not expecting a win and uh now they are you know sort of in the unexpected position of of having uh, received this this ruling in favor of, of the DACA program.
1: David, why weren't they expecting a win? The judge analyzed the decision-making process behind the creation of DACA and found that each step was grounded in previous decisions by Congress and the Supreme Court. Why weren't legal analysts expecting that?
2: Well, uh, if you look at uh, the the. You know, the decision that went into the creation of DACA, it was very similar to the decision-making process that went into the creation of a separate Obama era immigration program um, called DAPA, which uh, was intended to essentially expand DACA to include uh, parents of, of undocumented parents of. US citizen children. And uh, that program was shut down by the courts. The Supreme Court um, ultimately, in a split decision uh, uh, elected to uphold uh, lower court's decisions preventing that, and we've just had a new uh, conservative justice added to the Supreme Court. So, um, you know, that line of cases is very similar to uh, this line of cases, and so Um, Based on where the courts were in 2015 and 2016, uh, it it certainly seems likely that this decision will not stand um, if it was appealed.
1: So President Trump has issued many executive orders during the year that he's been in office. By challenging these executive actions of President Obama, is President Trump setting himself up for challenges of his executive orders?
2: Well, look, not all executive orders are illegal executive orders, and, um, you know, some have a basis in legislation and the law that are, you know, uh, perfectly within the power of the president to take, and uh, some are ones that are not legal and exceed the authorities uh, granted by Congress. And so... There's no real relationship between, um, you, know, one execu- you know, one challenge to an executive order uh, and another challenge to an executive order. Uh, you know, the, the travel ban executive order is, is really completely different um, than the decision to uh, eliminate DACA.
1: Let's talk a little bit about what happens now to the Dreamers. Is everything on hold for them?
2: Well, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty um, about how the administration is going to proceed. Um, you know, it, it takes a while to you know submit new applications, and you know that's essentially what the the decision would require uh, to happen. And even in this decision, the judge says, "Well, you know, there's still discretion for the administration to deny these applications on an individual case-by-case basis," and so. It's, it's very unclear how this decision ultimately gets implemented in practice, and uh, I think a lot of dreamers are just waiting around to uh, hear exactly what the administration plans to do. Do they plan to appeal? Do uh, they plan to accept applications? Do they plan to do something else? Uh, uh, will they approve these applications? Uh, there's a lot of uncertainty at the moment.
1: And what about at the, this trial level, when does, a, what happens, does a trial go forward immediately, or is there time?
2: Well, there's going, to, you know, it's going to proceed at the trial court level as long as the administration does not appeal. Um, so we'll have to see what the, uh, the, you know, the ultimate decision is there. Uh, by uh, the Department of Justice and the White House.
1: The California Attorney General called the ruling a huge step in the right direction. How big a victory is this?
2: Well, like I said, there's a lot of uncertainty about how big of a victory it is. Um, If it's quickly reversed by uh, the appellate courts or by the Supreme Court, not a big victory. If the administration decides to leave it in place, um, it could be a big victory if uh, they decide to implement it in a way that allows these protections to to continue. Uh, There's a possibility, as I mentioned, that they might start to deny them on a case-by-case basis. And uh, so DACA might exist only as a theory as opposed to uh, something that has actual um, impact on people.
1: Thank you, David. That's David Beer, Immigration Policy Analyst at the Cato Institute. Ford is being sued by truck owners who claim its diesel diesel engines were rigged. Drivers in the class action lawsuit claim that Ford rigged at least 500,000 heavy-duty trucks to beat emissions tests. Ford marketed the trucks as the cleanest super diesel ever, while the lawyer bringing the suit said they should have been called super dirty. Ford is at least the fifth car maker accused of diesel cheating in the U.S. Joining me is Kartike Marotra. He's a Bloomberg News legal reporter and he broke the story. Kartike, the suit includes 58 alleged allegations of state consumer law, false advertising, and racketeering claims. Let's start with the claims of a conspiracy with a German automotive supplier. Tell us about that.
3: So Robert Bosch is the, is the auto supplier, and this is the same company that has been accused of providing uh, tech algorithms to, uh, to broadly the, the diesel industry. Uh, this time to Ford. The allegation is that they created an algorithm and embedded it in the software of these diesel vehicles so that when the cars were tested, uh, they, they produced clean results. When they're on the road, uh, the emissions were, were far greater Uh, as the software was not in place. Um, So essentially, while testing, clean, while on the road, polluting at 50 times the legal limit.
1: And has Bosch denied any wrongdoing in the other cases?
3: They have throughout.
1: Let's talk about the responses of some of the automakers that have faced similar claims, because Mm -hmm. as you write in your story, Ford has an opportunity here, can go in many different directions.
3: That's right. So, if you recall, Volkswagen, which was the first uh, uh, car maker pulled up for diesel cheating, uh, admitted their wrongdoing immediately after the consumer suit was filed in September of two thousand fifteen. Uh, they went to court, where the priority for the car company, the judge, plaintiffs was to get the cars off the road. And admitting wrongdoing um, helped facilitate a settlement between the parties. Um, Fiat Chrysler is facing not identical but similar claims, and they've said, you know, we made a mistake. We're sorry. Um, We will try to fix the problem. GM is fighting it outright. Uh, So Ford has the option of pursuing one of these three options, or coming up with their own combination. Uh, What they do remains to be seen.
1: What what are the claims about the emissions of these diesels? Does it go across all five hundred thousand heavy-duty trucks, and is it is it a, a claim that of a of a certain amount of emissions in each in each vehicle, or is it variations?
3: So the Environmental Protection Agency and California's Air Resources Board set pollution limits, and the claim in the lawsuit is that Ford's F250 and F350, these are their biggest diesel pickups, um, were polluting at up to 50 times a limit. So depending on the circumstance, depending on the strain on the engine, um, they were they were emitting far more than uh, what the federal regulator and uh, individual states require. Uh, now the question uh, will be um, to what end uh, will plaintiffs pursue uh, damages or are they simply going to seek uh, a fix? And um, And you know what is Ford's Ford's reply?
1: Are any of the state regulators getting involved in this right now yeah. to see what these trucks are doing and get them off the road?
3: Not yet. Uh, that doesn't mean that they won't. Uh, we've seen the EPA and CARB get involved pretty early on in, in Volkswagen uh, and Fiat Chrysler, I believe in GM as well. Um, but uh, they haven't they haven't jumped on this just yet. That doesn't mean that they won't in due course.
1: So, Cardi Decay, if these Super Duty pickups will require modifications mm-hmm. to control the emissions, what does that do to the rest of the pickup and its power, et cetera?
3: And that's the question that will be litigated in court, uh, most likely. The uh, plaintiffs will argue that if you're going to fix the cars, there's a very, very good chance that the performance will decline, that the the cars won't be as powerful as advertised, the torque won't be as advertised, the efficiency of the fuel won't be as advertised, uh, and the company is accused of false advertising from 2011 to 2017 for that very issue. Um, They will likely reply by by saying we can either fix it or there's no problem and and you can continue driving the cars, but that is probably the most pressing question before uh, a federal judge whenever this case does come to court.
1: You write that Ford plans to introduce a diesel engine in its smaller mm. F-150 pickup for the first time. Will those plans likely be put on hold?
3: Yeah, another excellent question that, that we'll hopefully learn during the car show in Detroit um, in a few weeks. Um, will they will they carry forward uh, and, and stick to their guns or, or um, is this likely to Yield further introspection forward regarding their dependence and reliability of their diesel vehicles.
1: What does it say about these diesel vehicles that we have this many lawsuits against car makers accused of cheating to meet the environmental standards?
3: Yeah. Um, how, how reliable is diesel? tech in these vehicles right now is, is a very valid question um, and, and certainly worth asking and there are attorneys across the U.S. that are now taking it upon themselves to test these vehicles, not just rely on what CARB and the EPA are telling them, but they're trying to answer these questions themselves and uh, we'll see what uh, the performance <laughs> of diesel sales are like in the next uh Next year, um, the F series is the best-selling vehicle in America, and and these diesel pickups produce uh, a healthy slice of those. Um, uh, what happens to Ford sales uh, going forward is is another great question. We won't have an answer. Ask me a year from now.
1: <laughs> we'll know about the sales then, but will we know any more about the lawsuit? It could be a, it could <laughs> be a long haul. I shouldn't have used the word haul here with trucks, but (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much, Cardike. That's Cardike Marotra. He's a Bloomberg News legal reporter, and he broke this story. Thanks for listening to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. You can subscribe and listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. I'm June Grosso. This is Bloomberg.